0: Live.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio. You are here at Roslyn's Corner. Welcome, welcome to the house. Listen, tonight we always have such phenomenal guests on our show, and tonight doesn't make it any different. Okay, I know we have listeners from around the globe who call in who say, you know what, they love the shows, and tonight you're going to be even more loving what we have tonight. Because at Lawson's Corner, we are kicking off our show or kicking off the month with Black History Month, and tonight's topic just hits it uh, key dead on point. Um, but before I go into introducing my guests, of course, you know, I always like to tell everyone about our company, T25CL Entertainment. We are an great innovative company where a global platform for -for pay-for-view distribution of independent music artists has been established. I mean, I invite you to go to our website at www.t25cl.com and view all the great artists whose music is available for digital download. And even if you are an independent artist and you're looking to get your music out there on a global platform, T25CL is the avenue to come coming upcoming and that are going to be just bringing great music to the platform for everyone to hear. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like I always say, everybody, the kick back, let's relax and take your shoes off, get your tea, get your coffee, whatever you're going to do, uh cuz tonight we're getting ready to hit it off. Tonight My guest is a native of Los Angeles, California, and has been president of the Los Angeles Civil Rights Association for 10 years and a public servant for the last 20 years. My guest, who is Mr. Eddie Jones, has worked with a variety of leaders all over the United States, such as Dr. Earl Ofari Hutchinson, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, Yvonne Burke, Congresswoman Diane Watson, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, Dr. Martin Luther King III, John Mack, Councilman Herb Wesson, Councilman Bernard Parks, Dick Gregory, Danny Bakewell Sr., and a host of other governors, congresspeople, and council people. But ladies and gentlemen, tonight, this is the key issue that we're going to be hitting on because my guest, Mr. Eddie Jones, Jr., has worked on a variety of cases with the Los Angeles Civil Rights Association along with the Department of Justice to investigate wrongful treatment of innocent people along with major issues. And some cases that the Los Angeles Civil Rights Association has worked on that include the wrongful death of Woodrow Player, Jr., who was shot in the back, with no weapon found, uh, the Kevin Wicks shooting, the Devin Brown shooting, the Taisha Miller shooting, the wrongful killing of John Thomas Horton III, who was beat to death and hung in the men's central jail in downtown Los Angeles, unveiling the cover-up of beating and misconduct Mr. Jones has also worked very closely with the families of cases such as the shooting of Monte Ray Talbert, also known as Mbone, and so many other cases. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, this gentleman here, my guest, is a phenomenal activist. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Roslyn's Corner Mr. Eddie Jones, Mr. Eddie Jones, or would you rather be called Pastor Jones?
0: Well, Eddie Jones, Eddie Jones is fine, um, and is, and you know, thank you so much, Rosalyn. What a great, phenomenal introduction, and and yes, I am a pastor, and I thank God uh, to be doing the work of God, and I also thank God to be on your show tonight, and uh, wow, happy Black History Month.
1: Happy Black History Month. Thank you for uh, jumping it off for us.
0: Thank you very much. you um
1: Okay, well, listen, what we're going to do, we're going to start, because I always like my guests. You know, there's always a starting point in our lives that has been the springboard to where we are today. And I also want to introduce to my listening audience my co-host, Mr. Elliot Hoskins calling all the way from North Carolina. Welcome, Elliot. Thank
2: you, Rosalyn. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. But uh, what I want to do is, I want to start it off, um, um, Brother Eddie, because, like I say, everyone has a starting point. Tell our listening audience a little bit about your background, your upcoming, your upbringing.
0: Well, you know, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and my parents were from Texas, uh, Houston, Texas, and, uh, and and Lufkin, Texas, and all around Texas, Dallas. And so uh, I'm born and raised here in Los Angeles. So I went to 42nd Street School. I went to Audubon Middle School, and I graduated from Susan Miller Dorsey High School. And uh, from there I went on to West Los Angeles College, L.A. City College, and trade tech college, where i uh uh you know received my degrees in political science uh I've always loved the political uh, floor and I've always loved uh political discussion and debating and uh and of course fighting for our rights and for justice and As I was young, my father was an activist who fought to have lights on Arlington boulevard in Los Angeles long ago when there was no lights on Arlington. And seeing that and seeing, uh, you know, I was a kid and I remember uh, my parents, my mom was in the living room and all the neighbors came outside and they were crying and and I was, even though I was a kid, I said, Mom, what's wrong? And she said, they killed Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. And yes, and all the neighbors were out in the yard and they were crying and they were talking they said, no, they killed him. And my dad came home from work and, you know, and all the men in the community came together and... And that was a turning point in my life, even as a child, that really affected me that, you know, here's a great leader who was doing great things, and even though he was a great leader doing great things, they didn't want him to be the great leader that he was, so they annihilated him. Uh, When I read about Megger Evers, when I read about uh, Malcolm Mm X and how Malcolm X fought uh, for people's rights and, and, and how Malcolm X fought for... Uh, people to have the ability.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Um,
0: how, how Malcolm X fought for people to have the ability um, to, how Malcolm X fought for the rights for people to want to live where they want to live, to be who they are, to be proud of themselves. Uh, When I think about Madam C.J. Walker, who was the first African-American woman to invent the pressing comb, when I I think about Biddy Mason, who bought the first African-American woman to buy property in downtown Los Angeles, and to this day, it is the internal affairs building for LAPD that is still owned by the Biddy Mason family. Um, When I think about the history of our people and where we've been and how we have built America on our blood, sweat, and tears, and even when I went in to serve the military, I went in as a leader. Um, I, I, I love my country, but I also love my people. And I try to embrace and spread love, nothing but love to, to our people, because we need motivation. We need integrity and dignity, discipline, social skills, etiquette, self-love and self-respect. And so with that, I said the only way, and I and I always said, I w- I'm going to be a leader. And um I fought when I was at Dorsey High School. I fought for open campus, and we actually won, and we had the right at lunchtime to uh, to go out across the street and go buy food from the store. Uh, but but I had to fight for that right, and and it that's basically how it all began. Just the basic things of seeing the Black history that we've been through, watching the Watts riot and the struggle of different struggles that we've gone through, and the when I learned about all the stuff that how our entertainers were put into a book by Jagger Hoover, and they were blackballed, and how we had to go in through the back door and the black water fountain and the white water fountain. Well, all that stuff affected my life, and I said, I want to dedicate my life to changing the history of how our people are seen and accepted in America.
1: Mm, phenomenal. Well, let me ask you, about, about how old were you then? I mean, were you a young man at that time still, in in high school, college, I mean, because you see Martin Luther King, that was sixty five.
0: Yes, I, I was. Well, you know, I was born in fifty nine, so mm-hmm. I was a little kid when I first saw this stuff going on, and I really didn't understand, but I knew it was something that was that if it affected my parents, and when I saw my mother crying, it made me upset, and I cried too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I when I saw the struggle of the of the Black Panthers and what they originally meant to America. A lot of people, the FBI labeled the Black Panthers as a, as a gang, as a terrorist group. But actually, what people don't know if they read the books and in the in the history of the Black Panthers, they were the first one to give out free breakfast and free lunch to the children in the black community so they didn't have to go to school hungry. This is before the government started giving out blocks of cheese, if you remember that. Yes, yes. yes. And so exactly. the black Panthers... They had the right to bear arms, and they were the only organization with enough tenacity and boldness to actually march to the state capitol in Sacramento bearing arms, not with loaded weapons, but the right that under the Constitution of the United States of America to protect the children, because what made them start was, I don't know if you remember, is that the little girl was hit and ran over and killed. And, uh, and then when I saw the bombing of the girls at the church, and all when I read over the history of how our people my great uncle was put into a suckhole hole in Texas uh by some racist people that they killed him and just these type of stories that i read you know when they took uh um i forgot the uh james bird is his name um in texas when they drugged him they they took him and drugged him by the back of a truck uh, these these things have affected my life from from a young uh young man And then not only that, being harassed by the police, and I'm saying walking while black or driving while black. um, There's been so many stories where young men in other states just came up missing walking down those long, dark roads, whether they were going to to school or from school, Um, how police officers would pick up. And I'm not saying all police officers are bad. I'm saying that we've had some situations with some police officers where young men that were in gangs were picked up, and they were, might have been a Crip or a Blood, and they would pick, the police would pick them up and take them in a Blood neighborhood, knowing that they were a Crip and drop mm. them off, open, knowing that they were going to be annihilated or killed mm. or or hung. Okay. Um. I, uh. The, the 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 thing that we uncovered inside the Men's Central Jail, where the Three Thousand Gang, which which I we did the press conference and put on the news. The 3,000 gang was beating up young men, and then they put, put them in the hole, and when their parents or whoever came to visit them, they couldn't visit them because they would say they were in the hole. Well, we found out that these young men were being put in the hole because they were beat very bad, and they did not want the family to see them because that was uh, illegal. It was against the law. And we, we brought it out. I beg your pardon? No, go ahead. And so during the John Thomas Horton case, if you research it and look it up, you'll find out that you know uh, I worked with the family, uh, and even to this day we're still very close. To open up a can of worms that that, and eventually, um, as you can see now, Lee Bach is no longer in office.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so this is some of the things that that ha- there, there had to be a changing of the guard. Uh, chief Darrell Gates had to be removed from his position as chief of police when they were using the chokehold and choking young men to to their death, and and just here recently in New York, where they choked a the young man to death, and that you know and, and the video shows it live, you know. Uh, that, that he should have been living They could have tased him They could have used a PR24 on him They could have used tear gas on him They did not have to choke that man To his death In front of the whole world And then justify it By uh, articulation of paperwork and, and it's just not right When uh, a young man In, in uh, St. Louis uh, Where he was Michael Brown And I'm not saying Michael Brown Was a saint But I'm saying that Michael Brown had his hands up, and he was Mm -hmm. still shot several times. And even when he dropped to the ground, that's how the bullet hit him in the top of the head. Why would a bullet hit you in the top of the head unless you're down flat on the ground? Because you can't shoot up in the air and the bullet fall down and hit you on the top of the head. Yes.
1: Okay, you know what? Now, we have uh, Elliot Hoskins who is a homicide detective, but still you're, you're in the police department. Um, with all that Mr. Eddie Jones has shared, I know that, um, and uh, Elliot is my co-host tonight, but as, um, as he was speaking about the procedures of the police, can you share from your perspective as an officer in the police department what you've seen on your side that you know can collaborate with you saying and what we've seen?
2: Well, first let me let me, let me just make one correction. Uh, I'm with the uh, sheriff department, not, oh, not sheriff. the police department. Okay. Yeah, so, but okay. Yeah. I, I, I want to just make that one distinction. Okay. Um, well, um, based on what, what 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 Mr. Jones just said, of course. Uh, uh, from 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 my experience and been a cop for over eighteen years, uh, the things that the things that we've seen the things that I've seen happening all across the United States from 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 New from New York, uh, the gentleman that was choked and killed in New York to uh, the young man in in uh, Ferguson, Missouri, uh, to Trayvon, to uh, Jordan Davis, I mean, to, to all these young black men who was killed. But stand stand specifically talking about the the, the police officers. Uh, well, of course, I mean, and there were a lot of things that could have been done. Uh, Mr. Jones shared a few of them. He said that they could have tased him. They could have used some type of uh, restraining device, uh, PR24 uh, collapsible baton. So yeah, so of course, there were other things that could have been used. Uh, the The reason they the reason they chose to use a chokehold uh, when it, it has been outlawed, at least in the state of Nor- at least in New York. Uh, is beyond me. So that part, I really can't speak to why they chose to use that when they could have used other things. Uh, they could just mobbed him and just and, and just overpowered him just just by sheer numbers. Uh, so why why this officer chose to use that is, is, is beyond my imagination. Um, that's something he chose to do. Uh, we see the consequences of it, um, and just from just from me, of course, I think uh, New York should 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 take a, another look at it and see uh, if, if if what was done. Uh, should have should have some type of consequences I know that the uh grand jury decided that uh they were not going to uh give a bill of indictment which means which means of course he uh he's not going to trial and so uh but a lot of things could have been done uh but but they, they but they they chose to do something else again it, it's mm. kind of, it's kind of beyond me why they made that choice or why he chose to do that when he when he knew himself that that particular maneuver uh uh has been banned at least in at least in new york
1: and then for it to be upheld in the courts is another issue
2: yeah I, I mean, <laughs> again that the reason again I, I, i'm not going to say the reason why but the fact that it the fact that they chose to not uh grant a bill of indictment on this and and take this to court again is a, is, is is an issue that i'm i'm having difficulty comprehending which is which is the same thing they did in Ferguson, Missouri they chose to not to not come come out before come with a bill of indictment, which means, of course, it's not going to trial. Mm, so, okay, all
0: may, right. May, may, I, may I share something? May I share yes, some pertinent information? And uh, and uh, uh, brother Elliot, I, I you know I thank you for uh, your your intelligence and your wisdom about law enforcement. In eighteen years, you know that that's a lot of law enforcement. So you've seen a lot of things. But what a lot of people don't know is on the Ferguson case. The district attorney that uh, filed the case and and worked on that case, uh, his father was killed by an African-American man, okay? And and that makes him biased to being on that case. He shouldn't have never worked on the Michael Brown. He should not have been the prosecutor on that case. And a lot of people don't know that. It was a biased case, and uh, we have to figure out, and we have to analyze and evaluate why is it always an injustice when you kill an African-American male? Why aren't our lives as just as important as any other life on the planet Earth? First of all, when I look at the history of what happened to Fred Hampton, who was a Black Panther member, who was a very articulate speaker, a very great speaker for the organization. He was teaching people about their rights. A lot of people don't know that the Black Panthers all had degrees, including Angela Davis. They all have, master, matter, matter of fact, Angela Davis works at Berkeley, UC Berkeley as we speak, as a professor in the arts. Uh, they were all intellectual. They weren't trend. Mm-hmm. And so what I don't understand to this day is, is that we have the policing that's going on across the United States. And I don't know if you saw this on the news. There was a young man that was pulled over by a police officer, and the police officer told him to get out the car. So he got out of the car. The police officer told him to put his hands up, so he put his hands up. Then the police officer told him to get his license out the car. When the young man bent over to get his license, the cop shot him three times. I don't know if you guys saw that on the news. Did you see that, Brother Elliot?
2: No, no, that that one I didn't see. Uh, I I yeah, thought he was referring to a, to a different one until you said he shot him three times. Uh, he, shot, one, that, he shot him. That one him. I didn't see.
0: Yeah, well, he shot him. Now, the young man lived, but that officer was prosecuted, fired from his job, and he did go to jail.
2: So are you, are to jail, jail. Are you referring to the high patrol officer that that, that, that shot uh, a gentleman, the shuttle gentleman, after after he asked him to 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 get his uh his, his license.
0: Yes, I, he asked him to get his okay. license out of the vehicle. Now, not only that, there was a highway patrol who who uh, beat up um, uh, a young lady on on the Ten Freeway, and um, she was walking down the freeway, and I and they showed it on the news. It was all over the news. Her name is Miss Pinnock, and I actually watched her grow up in the Crenshaw community. And that highway patrol beat her so bad. And she was finally able to testify to give her part of what she felt. She said that she felt like she was going to die from the beating that he was giving her. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't even resisting arrest. Okay. Ooh. That, that uh. highway patrolman was fired from his job. Uh, and also Ms. Pinnock won $2. Mm-hmm. 2 Point something million dollars. Taisha mm-hmm. Miller Sitting in her vehicle in the city of Riverside, and this is when we marched with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King III, Danny Bakewell, Dick Gregory, Al Sharpton, and Jesse Jackson, and a host of other people. And I was allowed to lead that march on the Riverside police station. The young lady had a seizure. She was in her car, and I'm sure you guys know the story. And when she woke up, she jumped. And when she jumped, they shot her I don't know how many times. She died. And we said, no justice, no peace. Not only did we march on the city of Riverside, we went there on a Friday, and we stayed there the entire weekend together like family. You know, and, and, and you know, when I when I read the story of Selma, uh, the, the march on Selma with Dr. King, when I read about Malcolm X and how Malcolm X was assassinated two weeks later after he went to Selma and gave the march, uh, the speech when Dr. King was in jail. A lot of people don't know that. You see, Dr. Dr. Uh, King was in jail at the time, and Dr. Mal- uh, Malcolm X came down and spoke on, you know, in his place, and two weeks later he was shot and killed. Anytime we get a strong African-American male uh, in a position to be a leader, they either destroy their character and slander their names, or they kill them. Look what they're doing to Bill Cosby right now. Okay, mm. look look what they're doing to anyone who wants to be. Look what they did to Harry Belafonte. Uh, Mr. Look look what.
2: Mister James, if, uh, if 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 you don't mind me asking, um, you I mean you making some excellent points, but let, let me ask you this question here then. With everything we're seeing right now, uh, everything you everything you just mentioned. Is black leadership uh, still being effective right now with what with, with, with what's happening and by them using the same tactics that was that was used in the fifties and the sixties, which is again which is the which is the uh, uh, peaceful protest? Do you still see these things as being effective and and, and something that young black men want to use?
0: Well, I I want to give you an example of something that we did because. A peaceful protest is fine, and it's wonderful, and it does work, and it is effective. But we don't just do peaceful protests. We also do documentation. Uh, A particular case I worked on when I worked on the wrongful death of Mr. Michael Joseph Jackson uh, with the Jackson family, um, and I can't elaborate on that case too much, but I'll say this. Some of the cases that I worked on, we did the paperwork, and we took it to Washington, D.C., They flew me to Washington, D.C., and I took it to the Supreme Court. I took Mm -hmm. the paperwork to the Supreme Court. We took it to the Ninth Circuit Court. The cases that we have just won recently for the wrongful death of John Thomas Horton III, for Woodrow Player Jr., and for a case of Tony that was shot down by the Sheriff's Department, all these cases, we didn't only march. We didn't only just put it on the news we didn't just put it on my radio show. We did paperwork, and we justified what we were involved in. We showed. We took it to the county board of supervisors. We took it to the city council meeting. When you put it on the city council meeting, everybody in the city can see it on the city channel. When you take it to the county board of supervisors, everybody that watches the county board of supervisors channel can see it. We put it on the front page of the L.A. Times. We put it on the front page of the Sentinel newspaper. We put it on the front page of the WAVE newspaper. We were on a campaign to make sure that people remember, never to forget, that there was a wrongful death of a human being, a human life. And that is part mm-hmm. of our campaign that we do now.
1: Exactly. That is so phenomenal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner. Uh, we do have some callers on the line. We have a lot of questions on the chat board So we're going to go to a call in California. Caller, give us your name and where you're calling in from. Caller? Okay. All right. Maybe they don't want to say anything. That's all right. They're just listening in. All right. Well, we had a question on the chat board here for you, uh, uh, Brother Eddie Jones. Um, Was the KKK designated as a terrorist group?
0: Well, Everybody in the history of America realizes that the Ku Klux Klan, uh, which I really don't give them any credit whatsoever, uh, but they have been very uh, instrumental in killing African Americans. But remember, they did it behind a white sheet. Mm -hmm. They couldn't come up to you and do it to your face. They had to hide behind a sheet and come and burn a cross in your yard. And anybody that burns a cross is defying God. Now, how are you going to be a man of God and talk about Christian and loving the Lord and loving Jesus and loving people when God's greatest commandment is to love one another? That's God's greatest commandment. So everything that they did, is it was an abomination to God. And that's why the Ku Klux Klan is really nobody. They're just a bunch of guys who hide behind white sheets because they are afraid to face the reality of dealing with the people head, head, head up. Um, well,
1: well, another question that ties in with that is why do the white hate the blacks so much?
0: You know what? When you have someone like Willie Lynch, who when, if you read the Willie Lynch uh, paperwork, the law that he put out, he went around teaching all the slave masters to teach them how to control their slaves. And we have to face a reality here. Back in that day, he taught light against the darks. Blue eyes against the brown eyes, house against the field, the nappy hair against the curly hair, the heavy set against the skinny, and even 450 years later, this stigma is still on our people. You see, we've taken the shackles off our hands and feet, but not off our minds. Mm. And if you. Uh, mm, and you Did know that, Say that again. Deep,
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was deep. yeah, that needs to be said it, again.
0: Yeah. Hallelujah, that's deeper than the ocean and higher than the mountain and swifter than the rivers. Until we take the shackles off our minds and until we have unconditional love for one another, no other culture will respect us until we learn how to respect ourselves. Mm
1: -mm. Excellent, excellent. Let's see, we have another caller. Caller, are you there? Okay, maybe they're on silent. Okay, the next question is, is there a cure or a solution to hatred,
0: There is a solution and there is a cure and it's coming out right now because when you look in white uh, homes across America now and you go in those kids' rooms, you, you see Lenny Kravitz, you see Beyonce, you see Jay-Z, you see uh, all these hip-hop artists in these uh, uh, Caucasian kids' rooms. These kids aren't like the kids that were coming up. They're not going along with the hate program that their ancestors and that their forefathers uh, portrayed and and depicted and planted seeds in their minds. Uh, We have a new generation of children that are realizing that it's us against the world, and we have to work together or we're all going to be demolished and destroyed. So hate is is slowly but surely is diminishing. The ones that continue to create hate are the ones who want to continue to see uh, you know, deception and separation and segregation.
1: Mm, excellent, excellent. But then another question says, what What can we as Black people do to stop this evil? Because evil is, I mean, it, it's, it's rampant in this nation. <clears throat> I mean, you you look at, uh, and it's not. Sometimes you you see it, it's not only against Blacks, it's against you, Jews. Um, you know, um, you have swastikas. Uh, all over, and you know, then there's um, the effect of uh, things going against, you know, the islam's and those who are in our nation that are not American, and but you know, it's more so on, I think on us as a people, on black people. So what, what is it? What I mean, what can we as black people do to stop this evil?
0: Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to get back to the basics. Getting back to the basics means that we sit down with our families around the table and turn our cell phones off. And we say pass the potatoes, pass the greens, pass the macaroni and cheese, pass the bread. How is your day-to-day? What's going on with you? What can I do to make a change in your life? Let's talk about what you want to be when you grow up. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about how much we love each other and how much we need each other. The foundation that starts at home, and if we can start bringing back – home life. It doesn't matter if you don't have both parents. What matters is, is that we as men, and my brother Elliot and myself, we, we need to mentor these kids. I'm calling on all men. to. I challenge you in 2015 to be a mentor to a child in America somewhere. I challenge a woman that has free time to go get a little girl. Her mother might be on drugs, but that little girl can make a difference in this world. All we need to do is get them by the hand and give them the leadership that they need, the unconditional love that they need. If we restore the foundation of love in our communities, if we restore the foundation of communication in our communities, if we can restore the unconditional love that we used to have for each other when we were coming up, and rekindle this thing, and plant new seeds, and we can grow a new harvest. And then, and only then, will we begin to reestablish the the foundation of family and what family means. And of course, we have to put God in the middle of everything. Uh, with all these subliminal messages on television and radio, we're getting further away from God because everything on TV now has to do with witchcraft. They have all these shows with black magic and, and warlocks and, and vampires and werewolves. and they, they, Everything is evil now on TV. So it, it's, it's these subliminal messages that they send out through commercials, through television, and we need to get back to the basics of communication starting with the family at home.
1: Well,
2: that, that is. Oh,
0: go ahead. uh oh, yes, go
2: ahead. And rising from my meeting, asking the, uh, Mr. Jones another question. And Mr. Jones, you you stated that that, that you're also a pastor, correct? Yes, sir. So let me answer this question here. Uh, what responsibility, if any, does the church have to deal with social issues that affect African Americans?
0: Well, you know, that's a good question, because I was raised up at First Amity Church, the African Methodist Episcopal Church, under the tutelage of Reverend Cecil L. Chip Murray. And he was there during the writing. Yes, hallelujah, praise God. And now he's a professor over at USC, over the, over the theology department. And I'm, and I'm so proud to come up under uh, Bishop Blake in West Angeles Church of God in Christ. And I could go on and on with naming the great pastors who helped pave the way for me to be a pastor, who inspired me when I was a chaplain for four and a half years in Martin Luther King Hospital. The church has a great responsibility, and, but, but we have to remember something. We have to remember this. If you can't get them to come to church, you can't give them the God that they need to instore inside their spirit, their soul, and their mind and body. You have to get the people to come to church because some people don't come to church anymore because they've gone to a bad church and they had a bad experience, so they quit going to church altogether. You mm-hmm. can't let anyone, hallelujah, Brother Elliot, we can't let anyone stop us because, see, God says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, lean not on your own understanding. And all, mm-hmm. all your ways
1: acknowledge God. him. And, and he, he will direct your path. Path.
0: Yeah. So my, my, my sermon I just did this past, uh, this past Sunday was, Out of the book of Joshua, and when Joshua was given an assignment by God to lead the people to the promised land. But the reason why they were out there in the wilderness all that time is because they were disobedient. Mm -hmm. They did not listen, they didn't listen to God's word. When God tells us to go a certain way, like he told Jonah to go this way, and Jonah ended up in the whale's mouth. Because Jonah ended up in the well's mouth because he was not obedient to what God told him to do. And, and as long as we have people not being obedient to the word of God and God's Ten Commandments, we're not going to get people to be able to serve God the way that they're supposed to. And, and a lot of people play church. It's not about the fine cards. It's not about the who got on the best clothes. It's about thy shall not kill. And that's why we're working on a project to get prayer back in school right now, and we're working on getting it all the way to Washington, D.C. I've had people right now clergy from all over the United States getting signatures from their, their members of their churches so that we can go to the United States of America, so that we can go to the White House, so that we can talk to the President Barack Obama before he gets out of office to put prayer back in school. Because if prayer is back in school and a kid sees on the wall, I shall not kill, that's going to alleviate a Columbine shooting. That's going to alleviate a kid bringing a weapon to school. You know, we need to get prayer back in school.
3: Hmm.
2: Well let me ask you something else, uh, Pastor Jones. Again, I like. I mean, I, of course, I like your response on what you said. But on, on my show and on my on my website and Facebook, when I post some of these questions, I'm, I'm hearing more and more uh, people being turned off from the church, especially when the church doesn't seem to be relevant. Uh, I, we we have we had marches here in here in North Carolina and in my city uh, in regards to uh, Michael Brown. Uh, we had marches in regards to air Gardner, and uh these marches were put together by young african american males uh and they didn't invite anybody from the church to come and speak so has the church lost its relevance in the community now of course, we know within the confound of the of, of the church walls, i mean you know we still i mean we still off the hook but in, but in regards to the community, has the church lost its relevance, and and because of that, is that the reason why young African Americans now are not looking to the church for guidance?
0: Well, you know, I, you know, Brother Elliot, I want to share something with you. Uh, I, I go visit different churches, even though I'm a pastor. I just go to when I go to West Angeles, that church is full from the head to the toe. I mean,
3: mm-hmm.
0: every seat is full, and that's a big, big uh, church. Have you have you ever been there?
2: Yeah, well, I haven't been there, but I, uh, uh, I I lived in San Diego for like sixteen years. Uh, I, I went to uh, Bishop Blake's church for a little while.
0: Yes, well, if you go if you go online, you can look at First AME Church, and I mean every Sunday, those churches are full to the hilt, because there are a lot of people who do who do believe in God, who do want to be with the church, and who do want to do work in the church. And even at my church, we have I just gave a march uh, called the Get Save Day March where my church organized a march where we just marched down the street and we had people join us, and and they want to get saved. We went Mm -hmm. to drug addicts. We went to prostitutes. We went to uh, thieves, everybody. We don't care who you are. God doesn't care who you are. It's not where you came from. It's where you're going and and we accepted them for who they were. We didn't judge them. We didn't talk about them behind their backs. We fed them bags of food before they left. We gave them blankets and clothes before they mm-hmm. left. We gave the kids the kids toys before they left. And guess what? That was on a Saturday. The next day Sunday, they all came back to church. Mm-hmm. So the church is still instrumental But you have some people, and I call this now, let me be very frank and very clear, because I love clarity when I'm talking about the Word of God. There is some pimping in the pulpit going on at some churches.
3: Preaching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay?
0: And I had a special sermon that I did called Pimping in the Pulpit. And that sermon talked about people who abuse the Word of God. Whether, you know, I don't want to be, I don't drive a Lamborghini, and I, 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 there's no way a saint in my church can put in five to his last five dollars, and we can't turn his gas on or give that mother a bag of groceries. Mm. It's not going to happen on my watch while I'm doing the work of God.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, any, and any pastor, and, and I say this frankly, any pastor that's out there robbing his congregation should not be teaching the word of God. You know, it's just, it's just wrong. And, and, and I'm sure there's going to be some people that might get upset with that. But, look, if you're doing God's work, look at Jesus. Jesus had no place to lay his head, okay? But he was welcome everywhere. He could go anywhere. And what people have to do is we have to realize that we've got to stop playing a church. We've got to do the will of God and treat the people with dignity and respect and plant seeds in their minds. When you have a, like, I'm sure you've seen some of the scandals, and I'm not going to name any pastors' names, but when you do certain things and it makes it on the news uh, with certain people because this certain pastor embezzled a certain amount of money out of his church, Mm -hmm. that's wrong. That's wrong. Okay? And I don't want to get too deep on that, but I will say this. The church has been instrumental in so many ways. And I really want to thank Richard Allen and Biddy Mason, who was the founders of the African-American Methodist Episcopal Church. And uh, I really, all I can say to anybody out there, if you haven't found God and you don't know God, get to know God. Don't go there for the people. Go there for your relationship with God. Amen?
3: Amen.
1: Oh, okay, very good, very, very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner with a very, very heavy topic tonight. Uh, we have callers that just holding on the line. I think they're just listening. Uh, we have quite a few questions on the chat board right now. So let's go to a couple of these questions that are being asked, because when you were hitting on the topics, especially when you're talking about the church, um, you know, one when, when listener said that black people have been given the Western European theology for 400 years. How can we get freedom, justice, and equality from the Christian church?
0: Well, you know, this is the reason why I, I went to a church called Christ the Good Shepherd, which was an Episcopalian church, and I left that church uh, when my when I turned 18, my mother and father said I could go to the church I wanted to, and I went to FAME, which was the African Methodist Episcopal Church, and they and they were doing things in the community. And I, re- I read about Richard Allen and Biddy Mason, and I re- read about how they couldn't go to the white Christian church back in the days, and so that's why they started the African Methodist Episcopal Church. Mm-hmm. And that's why, hallelujah, sometimes we got to, you know, and I tell this, and, and please, uh, and I'm sending out nothing but love out there. We got to do our own thing, and until we do our own thing and stop doing what everybody else wants us to do, we're never going to get our thing together. Um, you know, no nope. nobody said that we can't build our own churches. Nobody said that we can't, uh, you know, teach. I just I just had a um, discussion with the teacher. We're getting ready to open up a program where we're going to be teaching black history and we're opening up a small school in the Crenshaw community and we're going to be teaching black history. Okay. We're not, we're not going to wait for LAUSD to put all of the black history into the curriculum because they're never going to tell you the true stories of who was with whoever, when they discovered electricity, who was rolling mm-hmm. the boat when, when the Spanish guy supposedly discovered America. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, we we have to make our own history. we got to talk about our own history. We have to write our own books. Like, Brother Elliot, you have written a book, right? Yes, sir. And if you wouldn't have wrote your book and told your story, who would know the truth about what you're talking about? Exactly. So we have to learn how to tell our story. That's why, Ms. Rosalind, I love your radio show because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a platform for people to discuss topics that are relevant to the black struggle and where we have mm-hmm. been and where we're going.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's why we love what we're doing. I love what I do because the fact of the matter is you can come on this show and share the truth. That's what needs to be told, the truth. Our listening audience, which is global, which is worldwide, we have listeners across the globe that they're not listening to it now because they're asleep, but they get up in the morning and they listen to these shows, okay? They listen, and that that is so key. We need to have the truth out on the platform. But let's go to a couple of questions because there's some more questions on here that's just lining up, okay? Uh, Because this is such a heavy topic. And I really appreciate you coming on to my show, uh, Brother Eddie. But the question was, first of all, is black, is effective? Not only is black leadership dead, but is effective black leadership dead? Mm. That's a Uh, heavy question right there. No, I
0: disagree. I disagree. You know, Rosalyn, let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. What we saw, what we saw, what took place when they, when they killed Michael Brown, what took place across the United States of America. Unity. You see, every, every human being is a leader if they want to be a leader. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden out of, out of the woodwork came so many leaders. They were marching in Texas. They were marching in Oakland, California. They were marching in Chicago. They were marching in Detroit. They were marching in New York. They were marching in Atlanta, Georgia, and Alabama. They were marching in Arkansas and Nebraska, and they were African-American. They were women. They were men. They were children. So as black leadership did, No, it's not, because these young people that are coming up now, have taken the reins and, li- and taken the, the candles and the batons, and they're beginning to jog with them and run with them. And as we watch and see, these new generation is coming up. These are our next professors, our next doctors and the lawyers and attorneys, and they are very serious about making sure that their legacy and their history is not going to be forgotten. It's not like it used to be back in the 60s. We're in a new millennium.
1: Mm. excellent, excellent, excellent. But let's uh, look at this because another question was um, black leadership is dead. All we have, hold on, let me read this question right. The question says, or the statement was made, black leadership is dead. All we have is interim opportunists. In the time of
0: the mm. crisis, am I wrong? Uh, yes, I have to say this, and I'll, and I'll tell you why that person, I'm going to tell you why they're wrong. I don't get paid by the government for what I do. I don't have a 501c3. We raise our own money. We feed the homeless every Friday out of our pockets. When I take the money from my job, see, I'm, I don't believe in being an opportunist. You see, we feed the homeless, and the homeless come to us, and they want to help us because they know that we take care of them.
3: We take care of the women.
0: Every year we give the women, uh, we give them bags with, with, uh, with all kinds of stuff in there, like deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrushes. You see, the foundation of whatever wants to be done about leadership starts right there outside the walls of the church. We take our ministry outside the walls of the church, and that's what we do, and that's why we do it because we want to show people that black, black leadership is not dead it happens. It's going to continue to happen, and it's a wonderful, beautiful thing. Now, are there opportunists out there that do take advantage of it? Yes, they are. And I and I, and I could name some, but I'm not going to. But the most important part is let's support our president of the United States of America, President Barack Obama. Mr. Let's
2: General. support
0: him. Yes,
2: sir. <laughs> you brought up a really good point. Now, of course, that particular question, or that particular statement, of course, is in regards to the leadership you see, what, what the, the old guard of leadership that you see, and of course, and I'm, I'm hearing the exact same thing from uh, from, from, from my callers, from people on my people calling my show. I'm hearing, I'm hearing the exact same thing that the old guard of leadership are opportunists. That's, I mean, I mean, I'm hearing I'm, I'm hearing young black men say this all the time that the old guard of leadership are nothing but opportunists. Now, well, I, I, this is my next you know, day. you know, brother this Elliot,
0: is, brother Elliot. Uh-huh. I want to say this. Go I want to say this to you, brother, and all the listeners out there. There is a government out there, and that government, unfortunately, the CIA and the FBI infiltrated the Black Panther Party,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: they separated them, and they they killed them. They gave them drugs and money, and and let me tell you something. Some of the people that get sent out to do certain missions, uh probably have been paid to do those missions mm-hmm. um, anytime you have an attack on on black leaders from other black leaders there's got to be some kind of problem <laughs> Rodney King said the most prolific statement in the history of his life can't we all just get along okay he said that and, and of course he ended up dead in a swimming pool and he was a very, very prolific swimmer he was a profound swimmer He had just wrote a book about his life and had just been given a certain amount of money, an advancement on the book. However, he ended up dead. Every time anybody that looks like they're going to be doing something, and I said this earlier, either they murder them, they slander and cause defamation of character on their name, or they discredit them. And this is, so is black leadership all foul and bad? No, it's not. But you can't. You are always gonna have a crab in a bucket, no matter if it's black, white, Latino, uh, uh, Filipino, or whatever. You're always gonna find something bad and everything good. That's true.
3: Mm,
1: Exactly. Well, let's 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 go to this next question because there are some heavy questions on this chat board coming in from our listeners, and they said that uh, these mega. Church preachers <laughs> are not just representatives of God. They are no better than our open enemy. They take the mm. money from the poor. That's Henry. you know I'm
0: gonna I'm, you know I'm gonna have to disagree because you know now I'm not saying that some mega churches are not doing that, but for mm. the mega churches that I have been at, and I'm gonna use a name, uh, I'm gonna say. When I, every time I go to Bishop Blake's church, they're always – they feed the homeless every single day. They send food to Africa. He has a project where he sends medical supplies and food to Africa. There's a lot of things – you know, some of the people who make these accusations, they need to go to the church, and they need to ask the church, can you tell me what all you guys do for the community? And then, then after you hear that, then you can pass judgment. And who is really able to pass judgment over anything unless you are a serious member there and you really know the real well-doings of the interiors of that church if you're on mm-hmm. the executive board? You know, but, 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 you know, to make an accusation and, and, and that go, you know what, roll up your sleeves and get out there and make a change in it. If you feel like the mega churches are doing something wrong, then get in that church and make a difference. Roll up your sleeves and get in there and, and, and do something to make some change.
1: Mm, come on now. I think the fire, mm.
0: the fire is stirred up right now.
1: <laughs> I know it is because these next questions are going to stir you up even more. Because this <laughs> another listener says, I believe that we study from home and get a better relationship with God. He says, I believe in a true living God, his divine reminders, Jesus, Moses, and Muhammad and just can't deal with these modern-day hypocritical preachers. That's well, him. you know what?
0: You know, you know that's a very deep uh, statement, and I'm going to agree with that person 50%, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's the reason why. The church is inside of you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There's the answer to that. The church is inside of you. You are the church. Your legs are the court and the The middle of your body is the holiest place, and your mind is your most holiest place. And so, yes, the church is inside of you. But you go inside those four walls to fellowship with other members of, uh, that have the same belief that you do. Now, whether you want to become a part of some kind of clique in the church or get with some type of negativity in the church, that's completely up to you. But everybody out there, when you go to church, you should be going to have a relationship with God. You should be going to revitalize, rehabilitate, and rejuvenate your spirit and get your, your spiritual gas tank full so that you can go on for the next week and deal with whatever uh, storms might come up in your life. You see, we need to learn how to move some mountains in our lives. And the only way you're going to move a mountain, and when I say move a mountain, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about a physical mountain like Mount Sinai. I'm talking about a mountain that might be drugged, uh, 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 dope dealing, or whatever. Uh, those are mountains that we need to move in our lives. And can you go to the church and move those mountains? Yes, you can. Can you move those mountains at home? Yes, you can. You've got to stay in the Word. You've got to read the Word. You've got to believe in the Word because faith without works is dead.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. And those are those are what we're taught. I mean, for myself, that's what we're taught. Faith without works is dead. Don't don't just, um you know, just talk it. Be about it, you know, mm-hmm. be about Amen. it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, let's go to this other question, because um, this one listener says, let's role play. You, sir, have been appointed the leader of black people in America. You have an appro- appropriate budget to carry out your desire what would you do
0: but, wow uh, okay did you repeat that question again it was i yeah sorry.
1: it's yeah they're saying let's role play you you have been uh appointed the leader of black people in america and you have an appropriate budget to carry out your desire what would you do what would you do with the budget that would be given to you? And if you I'm were the, the black, of, if you are the leader, okay.
0: I would, I, would give a speech like, I would give a speech like the president does to make sure that everybody in America could hear it. And the first thing that I would do is I would tell them, I'm going to give you reparations. However, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you one red cent until you show me the plan that you have on what you're going to do with the reparations that we give you. If your plan has anything to do with cars and jewelry and junk and alcohol and and wild things, you won't be receiving your reparations. And if you have a problem with that, that's because you don't have a plan. Before you get the reparations from me, if I'm the leader of all the black people, you have to have a plan. Mm. You show me your – hallelujah. I'm going to leave that at that. Okay, you see we, very good. We, we the reason The reason why we fail is because we don 't have a plan mm-hmm. and i 'm talking about us as a people, we need to come up with a new plan for our children for our future in america and 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 mm-hmm. why we 're on that topic why we 're on that topic um we need to realize, and, and that's why I want to get back on the black history stuff. I really want to get back on the, the civil mm-hmm. rights and the justice stuff, because we've been on mm-hmm. the church stuff for a while. But the real topic here is civil rights, constitutional rights, and human rights. But mm-hmm. that's what I would do. I would have, you would have to show me your plan so that you could receive your reparations for what our ancestors went through 400 years ago. Mm -hmm. So do you
1: believe, I I know that we as a people, we really need to just rally together. There is too much black-on-black crime. There is a time where you need to say, put down the blue rag, put down the red rag, and let's put on our our T-shirts that says, yeah, can't we just get along, or I love my brother, some type of T-shirt that says, you know what, this is what we need to do to come together as a people.
0: You know, Rosalind, one of our greatest one of our greatest civil rights problems that we have now is black on black crime. You see, and and until we stop robbing and killing and hurting each other and and calling our women out of their names and disrespecting our children in front of other people, we're never going to be the people that God want us to be. We are the ones that have been in the wilderness for the last 70 years because we have not come together. We have not shown the love that we can show for each other. We are still hurting and killing each other. And we need to stop that. And we need to, <clears throat> we need to hold on to the black family. <clears throat> you see, we, we got to, we, we, you know, and, 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 you know, this is, this is what bothers me. Yes. Yes. We're shot down by the police department. Yes. We've been hung. We've been castrated. We've been beat, but, What we have been taught by the Willie Lynch law is that we need to hate each other. And so everybody listening to this show should pull up the Willie Lynch law on YouTube and they should read it. And if you, if you read it, read it to your family, read it to your kids. And then what we need to do is we need to detach that stigma from us as a people. And once we remove that cancer called hate and we start showing love and that's when the healing begins.
1: Hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio here at Roslyn's Corner. It's been a phenomenal time here. But what, what happened? I think we lost Brother Elliot. <laughs> I think you got um, – oh, you, are you there, Elliot?
2: Yes, I am. I'm, I apologize. Uh, I got cut off.
1: Oh, oh, all right, all right. We got you back. We got you back. Yeah, um, But what, what we want to do before we close our show is we want to know what you're doing now and what you're planning to do in the future with the Los Angeles Civil Rights Association. How is it impact, impacting the community?
0: Well, um, we're about to finalize some documentation, and we're getting ready to open up a school. And this is something that we're going to open up in our community in the, in the L.A. area. We're going to open up a broadcasting studio school, a radio a broadcasting studio school, a television production studio school, and uh, that's what what we're working on as we speak, because we want to have a recording studio so we can teach kids about recording. We're going to have Mm -hmm. a television production studio so we can teach kids about how to make movies and how to do work on cameras so they can get good union jobs in the TV industry, and then a radio broadcasting school so we can teach kids about radio broadcasting. that's what we're working on right now. And also we're working on getting prayer back in school. And can I give out my information for my show? Please do. Please do. Okay, my show is called the Eddie Jones Talk Show. It's the Eddie Jones Talk Show every Monday at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. on blogtalkradio.com. From there, you go to Faces of Success Radio, Faces of Success Radio. Then you click on the Eddie Jones Talk Show. My Facebook page is Eddie Jones Jr. You'll see me marching to the state capitol where we gave a march against police, police brutality. Uh, and you can reach me there. Uh, my email address is uh, Barack Obama. 1959 at gmail dot com. So if you want to reach out, or you want to help us, you want to work with us, you want to join the civil rights struggle to make a change in our community, this is how you do it.
1: Great. This has been phenomenal. This has been really, really informative. And you know what? I think we've only scratched the surface. We have only Amen. scratched the surface because there, this issue and everything that we have spoken on tonight. Is a deeper, much deeper issue, much deeper issue. And I would love to have you back on our show so that we can uh, continue to bring this topic to light to the world on a global scale because there are so many people who need to know, need to hear it. I mean, I, I, I was, I was um, astounded at uh, a, a young woman who came on our show, and she was a white lady, And she came on the show and she didn't know anything about the black movement. She didn't know anything about the struggles that black people have because they were sheltered or their lives were sheltered. And I think when we talk about the struggles of our people together, we need to come together as a people, but there's others out there who want to help as well because there's our our Caucasian brothers who want to help us. I mean, you think about, like you saying earlier, you know, it, it's not all about too much color line, even though it's about our people, but the struggle continues. And whenever we can get that help, when people come together in unity mm. as one, with love, with patience, with understanding, with strength, and, and the tenacity to say we're going to see this through, then there is no color line. When we're on one page, one mind, and one accord. Well, you you know, know, that's that's the key thing.
0: Well, Sister Rosalind, I want to, first of all, uh, before I go, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to come on and have a platform to discuss these topics about the movement of the people. And I also want to thank you, too, Brother Elliot. Thank you very much for allowing me to come on, both of you.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. You're welcome. Um, Looks like we have one more caller on the line um caller give us your name and where you're calling in oh this is chief uh andre ward who's the ceo of t25 cl entertainment andre are you there
3: yes i'm right here can you hear me okay
1: yes yes a little muffled but that's fine
3: okay i'll turn the volume up a little bit okay it's been a great show i was um uh, listening and i uh, wanted to Thank uh, Brother Eddie Jones for coming on tonight, man, and uh, we're definitely supporting you and your efforts, and of course, in in black leadership, man, it takes a lot out of you when you're trying to lead our people, and so we here at T25CL are here to support you and your efforts, and we're here for you, man, and uh, thank you.
0: Brother Andre, I want to thank you. And uh, after this, uh, you know, show is over, I'd love to sit down with you and Sister Rosalind, and and eventually Brother Elliot. Uh, I I do have a plan, and God gave me a vision. And and when we empower our young people, we empower our future. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I want to work with you all, and we're working on this project to get these these studios up, and and we just, we need the funding. We need the funding. And sometimes when you go to the government for the funding, then they control what you do. But when we, when we fund ourselves and we fund what we do ourselves and, and we open up the doors, then, then nobody can close the doors but us.
3: Yes, and there's ways of doing it in our ability to work co- collectively together in unity. I mean, we have all the funding we want if we just tap into our own network. I mean, we have excess mm-hmm. of a trillion dollars annually mm-hmm to spend yes. about mm-hmm. what happens to that trillion dollars. How, what percentage of that cir- recirculates back through our community toward escapes, you know, the, the, the agents and Hispanics, I mean, their dollars circulates 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 times before it leaves their community with us, it might, might go around once. And so wow. all we have to do as black business owners is to provide a platform to receive the revenue, and when we receive the revenue, one of the things that we have to do is employ our people, expand our operations, expand our facilities, get new equipment, and do what we can to do to keep the dollars in our community and and give our people uh, employment so that they can buy, uh, you know, get homes and things inside the confines of that community and keep the dollars recirculating. You know, we need to be selling our own food, our clothes, our apartments, and homes. And we can yeah. do that from within inside in our own security. We should be going on community watches and our own community developments and painting our homes and keeping our yards up. And, and that would get the property values up in our communities. And we should have our own security network inside the community. We don't have to depend <laughs> on the LAPD to come around to a neighborhood and just start shooting indiscriminately. We should have our own security forces within inside the the, uh, the units. And like I always say on Compton politics, we got to stop this crip and blood madness. That is some of the most sickest madness that it, there is out there, putting on a certain mm-hmm. color and giving some artificial justification to go out and kill your brother and sister on some turf that you claim is yours. You don't even pay property taxes on it. It belongs to somebody else. And so the madness has to stop and my next trip to la brother i will definitely come by to see you i would love to meet with you love to see your facilities and we at t T25 cl everybody who we talk to we are here we have our platform here and we want everybody to use our platform and there's ways if we work this plan out together we don't have to march on the street what we got to do is do our marching there at our desk, get on these computers, and start putting the words out, and the dollars will come right back back at us. We can do our economic revolution, and that's right, T two five C L Compton politics. We are starting the economic revolution. No guns, no bullets. Not even using a slingshot or a bean shooter. We're gonna do it with brains and trust amongst one another and we're going to start doing economic development ourselves collectively and watch and see. We're going to make it work.
0: Uh, Brother Andre, I want to thank you for calling in and coming on to the show. And it's such a pleasure to, to hear some uplifting, uh, positive, productive things for our future because when you plant good seeds, you, you bear good fruit. And, and And I can hear the seeds falling into the grid soil right now through what you just stated to everybody on the show and another thing that I would love to see us do as a people, which we have not done. we need to open up our own airline and we need our own t v channels and Now they can't stop us from being on our own channels we We can start our own programs, and this is why I'm doing the recording studio, the broadcasting radio studio and the TV production studio because when you teach kids at a young age how to handle these cameras, how to do their own films, how to do all the stuff that they do on, then then you empower them and you give them uh, the position of director, the position of producer, the, pro- the position of CEO and chief executive officer of their own businesses. Yes, I definitely
3: understand that. You know, I might carry the title of CEO, but if, when it's time to shoot, I'm back there running the camera. And <laughs> there so, you go. You know, we got to learn it from every aspect of this business. And so, yeah, I run the cameras. I direct from the floor when we shoot over here at our community access studio. And so, uh, man, you know, we got to be versatile in what we do. So I definitely hear you on that forefront
1: very good very good well we got uh a couple of minutes i want to have a uh last questions or comments i'll start with uh brother elliot and then um um chief and then we'll go in uh, with um brother eddie jones uh go ahead um eddie, elliot
2: well first of all again thank you for allowing me to be a part of the show uh, that i greatly appreciate um welcome. Uh, andrea again i thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of this uh Uh, It's been a tremendous uh, blessing and experience for me as well, Uh, Mr. Jones. uh, I commend what you're doing. Please keep doing it. Um, I'm in L.A. quite often because my wife works and lives in L.A. in Pasadena, and so uh, uh, I'm I'm in L.A. quite often. Uh, I'm also an uh, ordained minister, and so uh, I'm I'm there quite often ministering as well. But there is so much I'm hearing from young, from from just young black men. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to two young men in school today uh, about about just the issue of responsibility, you know, and, and, and watching the consequences of their actions.
3: Mm. With, with,
2: with what we're seeing right now, we need. I mean, it's from, from again, and this is this is only my perspective. Um, I don't think we need as much uh, as many preachers, and I'm, I'm a preach myself, but as many preachers as we do. Uh, people, people teach, teach our young people about about finances, about economics, about how to build their own wealth and how to create their own businesses. Uh, here, here in Durham, we had a, a, a part of town called Black Wall Street at one time. Uh, that has been that that the only thing left of that is a church. Something is left, and so we need to begin to. Mobilize young uh, young African Americans and teach them about finance. Teach them about that, about how to govern themselves in in the, in, in the business community. And how to create their own business and create their own jobs, and stop waiting for someone to to give them a job and, and provide them with a job. And so, I thank you for what you're doing, sir. Uh, I would love to work with you work with you in the future. I've already told Rosalind that uh, I want to collaborate okay. with her.
3: And so, uh, I thank you again for what you're doing. Yes, sir. I want to thank you too, Brother Elliot, and man and. Uh, You've been on the show now for the past few weeks, and and I know you've been on from North Carolina, and uh, staying up late at night, and uh, I know that's a sacrifice in itself. <laughs> but it's glad to see you in L.A. now. And uh, no, man, we we need more brothers and sisters uh, to to support what we're doing. And you know, we have this grassroots movement, but you know what? All we really got to do is, like I said, it's, it's and sort of like what Eddie is saying, too. It's, it's, it's about the economics and what we're going to be doing with the economics. It's not mm-hmm. going out and buying a, a big hog or Mercedes and some, and some gold bling and all that. Mm-hmm. It's exactly. about recirculating and empowering in, in ourselves. And just like we here at T25CL, if you guys don't mind me doing a plug for us, you know, all we have to do here, and, and same thing, Eddie has to do the same thing, and, and his movement is is in the numbers. It, you know, what if we, our numbers started doubling and tripling and quadrupling? What if somebody's listening to the show now and say, okay, next week I'm going to bring on two or three people to listen to the show, and guess what? And what if they start downloading one of our CDs or looking at one of our films? But I don't care if you don't even like the music but at least you're supporting a black-owned company. And guess what? When we get millions and millions and millions of dollars in, we're going to do just like what Brother Eddie is going to do, is going to empower the youth and the men. And one thing I'm very firm on is giving empowerment to black men, because black men have always been kicked down over the past 400 years since we involuntarily came here. You know, we have been the target for the, the, the lynchings, the burnings, the castrations, and the, the suppression and the dehumilization of us in front of our women. and And so, but it is time for the black man to come back up and get that self-respect so that he can be a father and a husband, you know, because this is why, the brothers jump into the gangs nowadays because they didn't have a father from home. And if you have a father and you're raising sons, guess what? More than likely they're going to go out and graduate from high school and go and get a trade or go to college or do whatever. But it's very important to have that man there in the home. And more than more times than not, then that young brother will grow up to be an outstanding citizen. And, you know, he'll probably make a mistake still, even with the father, but he can probably overcome it if there's a father around. And if there's no father around, all he has is the crisp or the blood to turn to. They become his father, his big brother. And so once we can start empowering our men, then they'll start taking care of their children and their wives, and they'll stay at home, and they won't leave the wives and, and don't leave the women to, to raise the children. And so it all starts right here with with what we are doing. If we have products to sell, support us. I don't care if it's pants, shoes, shirts, or a turkey sandwich, whatever it may be. And so here at T25SL, we have digital downloads, and we have viewing of films, and we do shows. we got a movie coming out here in the next 60 days, United We Stand. When it comes out, support it. Because when people support us, guess what? It's going to be right here because we put our business right there in front of the world at wwwt 25 two five cl. dot com, and we ain't going nowhere. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, Mister Eddie Jones. We're going to leave the last platform to you, sir. But I, from a woman's point of view, I, you know, I have to get it out. Got to get a shout out for the system, Is that the key? a thing that um, Andre had spoke on is that um, our brothers, we as women look up to our brothers because you are the priests of the household. You are the head. You are the chief. You are the royalty in which we are giving the support to. And as our brothers and our men rise up to the cause, of course you got the women who are there, supporting you every step of the way. I mean, I, I just glanced at some of the Willie Lynch letter and my god.
3: And one yes. of the
1: key one of the key issues was on that letter was how to test the black women because black women were the key. It was says that because she is the most important factor for good economics.
0: So that's right.
1: It's, it's key. It's key how we, as women, are uh, influential and um, a key factor when it comes to the family unit. Not only with the men. The men has to ha- have to hold it together. They're they're the head. You know, we look up to them. We look up to you as our brothers. But we as women, you know, we 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 cuddle. We love. We embrace. And so that is key in our part as being that supportive unit to see everything that our brothers are trying to do to come to fruition. And I thank you for that comment. (laughs) I had to get that out there. But uh, go ahead, uh, Brother Eddie, we want to leave the last comments to you, and you're going to close out our show.
0: Well, first of all, I just want to say to everyone, thank you, Sister Rosalind, for having me on. Brother Andre, Brother Elliot, I want to thank you all. I think that we had an outstanding, outstanding educational discussion pertaining to the plight of our people, where we were then and where we are now. I would like to say to everybody out there, take the five C's with you, and when you feel upset or angry or mad at somebody for whatever they might say or do, remember the five C's. Cool, calm, collective, composed, and compassion for whoever and whatever is trying to make you upset. The five Cs, cool, calm, collective, composed, and compassion. And the other thing is is the only limit in life is the one that we put on ourselves, so let there be no limits. The only limit in life is the one that we put on ourselves, so let there be no limits. And last but not least, don't let anybody nobody steal your joy.
1: Mm.
0: And I want to thank you guys so much.
1: You are so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us here at T25CL Galaxy Talk Radio at Roswell's Corner. Of course, everyone can listen to our show because this show has been recorded uh, in another two hours. You can listen to the show and and look, and look listen to what has been discussed tonight. We encourage you to go to www.t25CL.com and download the music. Listen to the music. We have a 24-7 radio station in which you can get a free app on your uh, iPhone or Android. Um, and like uh, Audrey was uh, speaking of, we do have our United We Stand documentary concert that is a film that is definitely going to be in theaters near you. And we're just moving forward doing great things and greater things, not only for our company, not only for our people, but for uh, uh, the nation as a whole. So individuals will know that T25CL, Brother Eddie, Brother Elliot, and all our key leaders in the nation – are striving to make it a better world for our people. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Amen. <laughs> <Hey, laughs> <laughs> hey, All right. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here at Paschalology <laughs> Talk Radio, and we just want to tell everyone have a good night. Good night, brother Eddie. Good night, Elliot.
0: Good, good night. night, you guys. Have a great night. Thank you so much.
3: Uh,
1: you're so welcome. Good night, Andre.
3: Peace.